0: Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special
1: guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Welcome back to the Lax Goalie Rat podcast. I'm Coach Damon Wilson, and this week we got a classic goalie for you. You've probably heard his name mentioned quite a few times on other episodes as goalies discuss who they learn from, who their mentors are. It's Brian Doc Darty. Many consider Doc to be the greatest lacrosse goalie ever. And in this chat, we get into things like the flow system, his trash-talking methods, how he baits shooters, and training some of MLL's greatest goalies. Hope you enjoyed this conversation with the docs. A quick word from our show sponsor, and that is my own Lax Goalie Rat online camp. So maybe you're a coach or a parent out there who feels lost when trying to coach the goalies. You know you should be doing something with them, training them in some way, but you never played lacrosse or you played another position and really have no idea. This camp is for you, it was made for you. It will break down exactly what you need to know to train an elite lacrosse goalie. And it will explain why elite lacrosse goalies like Adam Gittleman are dominant in the technical, the physical, and the mental areas of the game. And it will show you the drills to improve each of those areas. Then, all the parents and coaches will be asking how you got so great at coaching lacrosse goalies the camp is available at laxgoalie com slash goal That's laxgoalie rat.com slash goal i'm really excited for my next guest the lax goalie rat podcast it's one of the original one of the pioneers one of the guys that i look up to uh when it comes to lacrosse goalie it's brian doc Doherty. doc welcome to the show
1: joe thanks for having me man appreciate it
0: yeah absolutely um, the first question I have is with Net Nation Lacrosse, you talk about something um, that you call flow system, P-H-L-O. Could you talk about what that is and expand on that?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, flowing, as we like to call it, is just uh, kind of like what we do um, in the one second the ball is being shot so um, it hits our sticks. So, You know, there there, there can be a lot of confusion going on for goalies, lots of things going on, and we kind of try to break it down. into to make a save, three parts of your body have to work. So the first part is your eyes. So I want to identify the ball in the shooter's stick, and then I want to see it in his stick uh, before he shoots. And then I want to track the ball all the way into my stick. So the eyes are the most important uh, factor. Then the, the second part of your body, that moves is your top hand. Your top hand takes you to every save. You know, stick side high, off side hip, wherever the ball goes, your top hand flows with it. And then the third thing is your feet. And then, um, you know, what we like to teach is taking a short first step, all right, and an explosive back foot. And when you put all three of those together, we call it flowing, all right? You're flowing, things are just in a nice natural state, um, there's no negative motions there's no uh, hitches in your st- there's no false steps there's no dragging your top hand and dipping it low and then trying to reach and react high so we try to teach um, to flow to the ball and, and 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 it's really just no negative movements no wasted movements um, and we feel like when you start flowing like that and it and it, to us it was just a A play on words you know like we're all from Philadelphia I've taught you know Drew Adams at my camp when he was in high school I basically taught Nico and Austin how to play when they were youngsters giving them lessons and stuff like that and we all kind of agree on the same things and we all kind of preach on the the same things that you know goalies there's a lot of different types of styles right where some are big and fat some are short and skinny some are tiny some are big some play high arc some play short arc Yes, you can. Um, but the non-negotiables are, are flowing. Like, you have to see the ball and the guy's stick. You have to punch your top hand to the ball. You have to step with your lead foot wider than the ball, right, and explode and bring your back foot. So when you put all those things together, and the fact that we're all from Philadelphia and have kind of had a lot of success uh, teaching this, you know, we just came out with the fun PHL. That's the name. That's, that's our airport. That's our uh, – our 30th Street Station is PHL, so we just kind of went with it. That's the flow system right there, and it's I in essence. It.
0: Yeah, I love it. And, you know, one of the things I learned from you guys in, in watching some of the videos that you've put out, you've got a great term for tracking the ball or you know, focusing those eyes, and it's ridiculous focus on the ball. Yes. And I love that word yeah. ridiculous because I was always trying to think of, like, how do you describe this level of concentration? That's what it is.
1: Yeah, I mean a guy's firing a ball, hundred, you know, in my level is hundred nine miles an hour at my head. If you're not watching that, you know, like you're gonna take one in the head. So like, I wanna, I wanna like exaggerate. I, I tell kids that, you know, I kind of make up some old war stories that I could read. What years? Like when I'm in my zone, when when I can see the ball and the guy's stick, and I'm and my eyes are all big and um, everything kind of slows down. I like to say that I can read what year the ball was made in, you know, like it's it's literally traveling that slow, but really going a hundred miles an hour, but more it's like it's in the matrix or something like that. And like, you can actually see it just in slow motion. Um, and I feel like the eyes are like the biggest part of that.
0: I like it. I like it. Going back to your early days uh, in Philly, what, you know, when was the first time you uh, jumped into cage? What made you become a goalie?
1: Um, I actually got a good story with that. So, um, you know, I was the son of a basketball coach and my brother played pro football. So I, I was a pretty good athlete um, growing up. Baseball was probably my best sport. And then in seventh grade, my best friend, I used to hang out at his house all the time. We'd play like front yard lacrosse, one on just messing around. And um, he, uh, he was a big lacrosse guy. So he, he, talked me into trying out for this club team called Ashby. So I tried out in seventh grade as an attackman and I got immediately cut from the A team to the B team. And then the uh, first day of B team practice, they were like, guys, you know, we don't have any goalies. So either we're not going to play or we need somebody to be goalie. So I was, you know, a pretty good athlete. I was always messing around in the front yard playing like street hockey, but lacrosse, you know, and I was always the goalie. So I was like, you know, why not? I'll give it a try. And then, you know, almost as it was supposed to be within like two or three weeks, I just felt like when somebody just kind of explained to me what to do and how to do it, I just felt like I, it was like supposed to be. So funny story is we all ended up playing, um, you know, that year I had a, a really good year. And then we all in the playoffs, we beat the A team uh, three to two. And I, all the yeah, all the kids that got cut from the A-team <laughs> played on the B-team, and we beat that team. And I think, we've you know, we, I gave up two goals, and I might have had, like, 47 saves. Wow. So it was just, like, one of those things. So that was just kind of my story. And it was, it was like, yeah, you know, I felt like I was always one of the first athletes to kind of play goalie. There was always – not to say there weren't good athletes before me, but, you know, guys that, you know – I was the point guard on the basketball team. I was the pitcher in the baseball team. I was the quarterback for the football team. You know, very rarely do you see those guys jumping in goal. So I felt like it just something that kind of came natural to me.
0: That's great. And that's why in the intro I called you one of the pioneers because I think now you're seeing more athletes uh, become goalies. I mean, that was me. I was the point guard. I, I didn't play football. But, you know, I had those 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 athletic roles, shortstop in baseball uh, that type of stuff. Do you you agree with that? Like you're seeing more and more athletes become goalies these days.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I was growing up and this is 1985, you know, like when I first started playing, I was probably 12 years old. And you know, it was throw the fattest kid in goal. And let's see if he can, you know, get a couple off of his legs and, you know, being able to be able to athlete now, these days, you know, there's some really good athletes playing goalie, and it, and it just it just helps in everything. It helps, um, you know, you can see it out of the cage. You see guys running up the field, uh, starting fast breaks and clears. My big thing was I always used to pick off passes going from the wings to behind the goal. I would just jump out, and you know, a lazy pass from goal line extended to, to the guy at X. I would grab that all the time, maybe like five or six times a game. So just being able to, like, see things like that um, – yeah, but I, I do think there 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 are some much better athletes playing playing the goal these days. But I think the kids in general um, are more athletic. I mean, look at some of these guys in the MLL, and you know they're freaks. They could they could play strong safety or linebacker in the NFL. You know, like these are some big dudes. So I think all in all, more athletes are playing lacrosse, and I, I think it's a great thing
0: yeah i love that point about you know like one of my things too was picking off passes and and chasing out shots and kind of earning possessions for the team because they're just as good as a save you know yeah
1: um, no doubt you know so, it's so you all you're trying to do
0: exactly if you can work that into your game the better you'll be who um who were some of your lacrosse goalie idols growing up like who who did you learn from
1: um so you know i, I feel like i kind of you know, created my own style, and uh, um, I feel like that was a good thing. The, the one guy I watched, just, so the guy I told you about that brought me out to that practice in seventh grade, his name was Matt Donnelly, and his older brother was Joe Donnelly. He started um, at at Navy, so he was from the local high school around here, Penn Charter. Went down and started three years for Navy, so he was really the guy, Mr. Donnelly, and, and him um, were the first guys that I, you know, I would go every – literally every weekend and watch every, every Navy game, you know, from the age of 13 on. And, um, you know, we, he was third string his first couple of years. So we would literally get there an hour early so we could watch <laughs> the third string goalie get warmed up, nice. you know, cause that, that only happens at an hour early and then he ended up starting, I think his last two or three years. So those are really the guys that I, that I learned from as far as how to play the game. But I think, what made me a little bit unique and different is that I kind of taught myself, um, you know, how to play. I was a big baiter, um, a a big, just lining up a certain way and just forcing people to shoot to different, the parts of the goal that you wanted them to shoot at. So, um, you know, no one really, I don't think kind of taught me that. Um, So I felt like I was self-taught in, and how I did that. But that guy, the Don Lee family really kind of showed me the, you know, inter intricacies of playing goalie. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's great. So apart from baiting, how else would you describe your, your style of play? Were you kind of like a medium arc guy, step at a 45? Like what, what were some of the other details behind your style?
1: Um, I, I would say I was definitely unorthodox. I mean, first, first of all, I was a lefty back in the day where there really weren't a whole lot of lefty goalies. So mm. I, I think that threw a lot of people off. You know, they're just catching on the crease and used to shooting at a certain spot, and all of a sudden my stick would would be in that spot. So I think that helped me out a lot. Um, I, you know, every year I got older, I started moving back in the goal. So I started, um, I started in a you know a high arc in high school. Nobody shot high. Everybody everybody shot low. So I I would I would jump out on a high arc and try to smother um, all my shots. And then as we got older. You know, nobody shot bounce shots anymore. Everybody shot high um, and, and shot hard. So I wanted to kind of creep back. So by the end of the year, I was I was more of a mid, mid-arc mid guy during my heyday. Then, you know, the last five or eight years, I started playing back into goal more. But I would step, um, I would, I like to say, like around the ball. So I was never really like a 45 kind of guy, but I, I was more of like a 30-degree angle guy. Mm-hmm. That's the way I like to kind of – uh Attribute that. So um, that was kind of my thoughts, and, and you know, I was a big lineup. You know, again, baiting was was my thing. You know, so I would line up a certain way, and basically give you parts of the goal, knowing that I'm giving you the goal. And then we started playing the game of I know that you know that I know that you know, and I feel like for, for shooters were just like mentally just couldn't handle that. You know, they would just freak out and either hit me in the head or miss the goal in general. And you know, then you. I threw a little smack talking in there too. So as the ball's going down, I'm, I'm letting them know exactly what they did wrong, you know, and putting that all together, you know, that was kind of my game.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's a great, great point in there that, you know, as, as you progress and face different competition that, you know, it's okay for your style to change. And many times it, it has to change to keep up with the velocity of shots and the talent of shots that you're seeing. I also Absolutely. think in
1: and, and, and your own body too, you know, like you start getting older, you're not as quick, you know, so you have to, you know, it's the same thing, you know, with people trying to ad- adapt their games to their, their own bodies as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I also think that with, you know, I played, I guess in 2000 um, college ball in 2000 graduated 2003 and YouTube wasn't really a thing. I, I feel like with all this video coming out now, like the low to high shot, is just so much more popular. Um, and you're seeing like different styles of shot. I kind of agree with you that I saw a lot more low shots and bounce shots that I don't think you see as many these days.
1: No, I mean, hardly ever, you know, and, and I, I, yeah, I totally feel like nobody shoots low. It's like almost not cool to school to score low shots anymore. Um, you know, so we always have a a philosophy of staying high and then reacting low. So I want to stay high. I I almost so you'll know, pretend that almost every shot I'm about to see is going to be high. And then if it is low, understanding that I do have that extra half a second or so um, to be able to just react well and make a save.
0: Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about that smack talk because I, I read that was a part of your game. Obviously, I never I never played with you. But I mean, is that is that uh, just kind of a part of your personality? Or is that something that you would actively recommend that goalies kind of work into their game to get a little bit of a a confident attitude?
1: Uh, So it's definitely a part of my personality. You know me at all. That's just kind of who who I am. I'm the youngest. You know, I always got got abused by my older brothers, you know, and I would always talk smack back to them after they would just pummel me into the ground over and over and over again. So that's just kind of how I grew up, being that little smart-ass type of a kid. Um, I, I would not encourage kids to do it if, if, you know, like if that's not who you are, you know, and, um, you know, mine was all a mind game, you know, like everything I did had a purpose, you know, like I wanted you to think about me because then you're not thinking about what you're trying to do next. You know what I mean? And, um, you're not trying to hit the corner. You're trying to worry about what you're going to say to me after you're going to score a goal. And, you know, to me, it's just, I, I never felt any a love loss to the, to the shooter, you know, like he's hitting me in the leg and the knee. He doesn't really care about me, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to chirp him when I, when I, when I do well and tell him exactly. Cause I don't really care about him, you know? So it, it, it kind of trained my body to be like, I really don't care about you guys, um, you know, and I'm a competitor. So I hated everybody I played. Like I literally, like I, I, I wasn't that guy. I was like, Hey bud, Hey Dylan, you know, let's have a great game today you know, like, boom, as soon as the game was on, and, you know, from warm-up time to game, to the end of the game, it was like, I wanted to rip your heart out, you know, and I could care less about, you know, how it happened, you know, I just wanted to win, and, um, you know, it got pretty creative, some of the smack talk, it was all usually in pretty good fun, you know, just kind of throwing some humor in there with, you know, while you're pulling your shorts up, you know, you, you look a little fat. Have you have you been working out? You know what I mean? Like that's uh-huh. that that shot was a joke. You know, I, I saw cars going faster on the turnpike on the way here, you know, like little things that like that were kind of funny and um you know, but it was when the ball was going down the other end after I made saves there was definitely a <laughs> you know, if you were an attackman, you got chirped. Yeah,
0: you know, there's
1: nobody there to hear it, the refs aren't there. It's just it's just the seven guys down there and just letting them know that, um, and that's just something that, that I needed also, you know, like it, it really motivated me to play well that if I'm going to start talking smack, then you better, you better pack it up. You know, you better get out there and play or you're going to get, you know, you're going to get abused yourself. So I don't know, you know, I got little kids right now. Would I tell them to do that? I don't, I don't think so. It was just something that kind of worked for me. And Mm -hmm. it was something that, uh, that motivated me. And I kind of had fun with and, um, You know, and I I think it was extremely effective. I think people thought about where they were shooting on me entirely too much. And I think a shooter's best attribute is just having a free mind and shooting, you know, wherever he's feeling it at that time. And when you're thinking about whether you're baiting you or whether he's going to smack talk me or if he's lining up here or if he's lining up there, just stick doing over there. Is he doing that on purpose? Is he going to let me know about it? Then, you know, I think I win that matchup as soon as you start thinking like that.
0: Love it. Love it. With the um with the camps you're working now with with Net Nation Lacrosse, we, we talked a little bit about the flow system at the beginning. Are there other um like main teaching points that you go through that are just super important that we should talk about?
1: Um I think the, the thing that we do best probably at our Net Nation camps is, is our technology and video side. So um what we do is we film every camper. Um, and we watched their film with them, but, and I think that's highly, um, you know, you you see the same mistakes over and over again, you see the false steps, and the stances, where he's holding his hands two yards over his head, Mm -hmm. you know, you got the nice, everybody's into the wide base now, and, and squatting as low as you possibly can go, so, like, that part is really good, but, um, you know, before we can kind of get all the kids filmed, we still create a video station where we'll put on a game and then we'll literally just get up there and, and I'll, I'll teach. Like I'm in a classroom and it's like, okay, stop. Who's hot? Why are we doing this? What's a coma slide? Where are we coming from? What should we do? Should we show adjacent? Should we slide early from the crease? Is this the face-off guy playing defense against Paul Rabel or is this a long stick video? And where are we forcing them? Why are we trying to do this? So that was always my big thing too. I felt like I was really good. My best attribute I think in the goal was my communication and kind of running my defense, um, to where we were always on the same page. We always had a game plan. We're going to force this guy this way. We're going to slide slow to this guy. We're going to short this guy, you know, trying to take your strengths and neutralizing your strengths. So I think what a lot of people don't see is, um, you know in the video room really break and for like a 12 year old goalie that's huge yeah you know like you don't even like i you'd be surprised how many kids like you know i say raise your hand if you know what the word adjacent means and there'll be 15 kids that have no clue what the word adjacent means but they, they say it 30 times throughout the course of a game you know mm-hmm. so yeah. really teaching like the nuts and bolts of the game and kind of helping the young boys, like the nine-year-olds. You know, we kind of have fun with the, You know, we let them watch, but we still teach them, you know, what to do, why, what's the slide. And by the time they're in high school, they're expected to run a defense and kind of communicate. So I think what we do best is help with that part of the game. I don't think a lot of people are teaching that.
0: You know, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And it, it's, it's, you know, I, I, in some of the articles I've written, I, it's the lacrosse IQ, right? You're, you're teaching, the goalie to understand defenses and just up their, you know, their knowledge of lacrosse. And that helps with the communication because if they, you know, if they're lacking in communication, one, you got to get your voice right and be able to be heard. But most of the time they don't know what to say, right? It's kind of the, the problem. That's the biggest
1: people. problem. Yeah. So uh, that's what I, that's the first question I always lead off with was like, raise your hand if your coach told you, you need to say, say, uh, communicate more. And literally every, every kid raises their hand. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, what are some things preventing you from communicating? And 98% is I don't know what to say. So then we break it down. We're like, okay, well, here's what to say. Okay, when the ball's coming over midfield, you got to yell out where the ball is, right? And then as they're working a down, you got to yell out what defense you're in. You know, maybe it's black, maybe it's blue, maybe it's tiger. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something cool that we don't even really know about. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, then you got to start – finding out who's hot and, you know, where are we sliding from and all those types of things that I don't think, like having a goalie that understands that and can communicate that to people that I think is invaluable. And that's what I think a lot of our goalies do because we, we teach that as, you know, starting when you're nine years old. We have kids coming through our program. They start, you know, Austin Cow started as a nine-year-old wow. and, you know, went to high school.
0: Interesting. Just out of curiosity, like, did you see it in Austin at, at age nine that, you know, he was going to have the success that he's having right now? Or, you know, is that something? A little that,
1: bit. A little yeah, bit? a little bit. Like what More, did more you see? Nico, man. More Nico. Nico I started uh, giving him lessons when he was 12 or maybe even younger 11. And uh, he just had this Nico picked up, like he was converted from a, I think, a midi to a, a goalie. And uh, he's like, Kevin and gave me his, or reached out. I was like, listen, I got this family. They want some private lessons. The kids just learn how to play goalie. I'm like, all right, whatever. So I take him out. And the first lesson I give Nico, like, he picked up on things. Unlike any other kid I've ever, he was like a savant. Like, s- stuff that takes people, like, literally, like, almost like a year and a half of constant lessons to kind of figure out. He figured out in five minutes. Hmm. so and he had that he had that attitude that like he was just he just wanted to be great you know austin was a austin was really good um and he was more reserved and he was more like i didn't really see it in him until like all of a sudden i saw him in high school and i'm like wow you know this kid's gonna be a stud you know but i didn't really see it at age nine really
0: hmm What, just going back to Nico real quick, like what are those things he picked up on? Like just not being afraid of the ball, not flinching, perfect stance, drive. like all the, No, thundering?
1: just the whole, the whole flow system. You yeah. know, the flow system takes time, especially when you're a new goalie, you're like, what, what am I doing? Yeah. You know, how do I hold my stick? Where am I going? And all of a sudden he, he was flowing in, in, in under one session. Yeah. And it usually yeah. takes, and it usually takes me, you know, probably, Anywhere from five to twenty to a hundred sessions for some kids to get yeah, them absolutely. flowing once.
0: Yeah, are they you know they may understand top hand straight to the ball step li- trail step, but it's like jerky and it's not flowing. You know, right
1: I mean, when they put it all together, all of a sudden are watching together, the move and you're like, wow, it's impressive. Yeah,
0: you um, invented one of my favorite lacrosse goalie drills, which is the aptly named doc drill. Uh, which which I've demoed on my site. Have you come up with any other ingenious drills that I need to know about here?
1: You know, it's, the the doc drill is just like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, like I really like some of these kids are coming up with some new. Like I'm always keeping up in touch with with all the goalie guys out there and some of their things, and they're really some cool drills. You know, like even the the uh, the card flip drill. You know, which is really mm-hmm. cool um yeah we created a, a cool tennis tennis racket drill the other day with multiple goalies that drew just kind of came up with at camp that was awesome but as far as like like so what i want to do is i want to take the three parts of your body that are making the save your, your hands your eyes and your your in your top hand and your feet and i want to isolate those ask, those three areas all right and then i create my drills around those areas the cool part about the doc drill is that it literally. It, 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 it takes all three of those things together. And if you do it right, right, you can get thousands of repetitions in 20 minutes. And that's all I'm looking for. I'm looking to get as many reps as I possibly can um, and create muscle memory and create positive habits. And to me, the doctoral is just still this the most efficient way to get your top hand, your lead foot. All right. You can even isolate your lead foot where you don't bring your back foot at all. And you just work on your lead foot and then you just bring your lead foot and your back foot you just do top hands um you work on both sides you work on your eyes so it's really to me I mean that's all I used to do like everyone was like what's what kind of drills did you do when you were growing?" like I literally did that I did that for you know 50,000 hours yeah. you know I would just do that 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 and then I would finish with you know a 20 minute 30 minute wall workout like any other attackman would be and, you know, the rest is history. So I don't know if there's any of these new cool drills, you know, we, we, we kind of post a lot of the stuff that, that we're doing these days, but um to me, the doctoral is still the most efficient drill out there.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. People write me all the time asking for some drills and, you know, at the end of the day, like you got to pick a handful and just get out there and do them. You know, it's, it's much more important about, about doing the work and the other reason I love the doc drill so much, you I mean you mentioned it connects the eyes, the hands, the feet, you know the three elements of making saves, but if you're doing it right too, you can get you can get get the heart rate going too, you know, if you're if you're really getting Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, de- definitely I demoed got a workout. it. Yeah, I demoed it uh and I had this thing right like each time I missed it, I would sprint after the ball and start over. And uh <laughs> I mean I was <laughs> I was out of breath by the end of the video.
1: Yeah, no doubt. It's more incentive for you to make the save, too, you know? You don't feel like sprinting anymore.
0: That's right. That's right. But, yeah, just, just a great drill. So thank you for sharing that with the community.
1: No problem. If I have any more intellectual and, and uh, you know, any more bolts of thunder that, that come at me, I'll make sure that you're the first guy letting let that. All
0: right. All right. Yeah. That's a deal. Uh, how about a time when you went through a slump? Did, it, did that ever occur? And how, how, did you, how do you approach getting out of a slump?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I have went through some slumps, you know, Um. I remember 2005, I didn't have a very good year at all. Um. And then you start questioning, well, can I really do this anymore? Am I going to retire? And, you know, to me, the best way to get out of a slump is to just get back to basics. Um. And the bottom line is, is when you're in a, a slump, it's usually your it's just it's a it's a mental thing, right? Like you're trying to do you're focusing on 93 different things. Oh, and on that one, I should have just moved my top hand to the left a little bit more and brought my right pinky out. If I would have moved my left big toe, I would have saved it. Yeah. You know, like the bottom of the line is, is you got to get your body in front of the ball. So when I would get in the slumps, I would just try to eat shots. You know, I would just literally just throw my body in front of the ball as much as I possibly could. Um, and You know to me that's what i tell kids to this day it's like you're thinking too much you're thinking too much you know like we like we talk about and that's the flow system right when the flow the flow system has 10 things going on but it's really one movement you know what i mean so when you start thinking about all those 10 things it becomes overwhelming you know i gotta take my top hand i gotta you know drag my left foot i gotta sweep it around the ball i gotta bring my back foot i gotta short step with my left foot i can't turn my lead foot You know, like a lot of those things get overwhelming. And that's what a lot of times what happens with goalies. And and then the second thing is the bottom line is um, a lot of guys, when they're in slumps, they're not looking, they're not finding the ball. They're not like finding the ball in the shooter's stick. So those are the two things that I kind of tell kids when they're in slumps. Number one, just get your body in front of it. Don't worry about the 11 things that happen to make your body go in front of it. Just throw your body in front of the ball. And number two, find the ball in the back of the stick um, and ridiculously watch it into your stick. Nice. I like it.
0: Um, are there some things you can – you know, coaches can identify inter- if a kid is, you know, overthinking things? Are, are there some things, like some – I guess some – I don't know, like uh, things that they should look for in the goalie to, to, to know, like, oh, this kid's overthinking it. Like, I need to coach him to flow a little, little better.
1: Uh, like you'll see it a lot when they come back to you at the end of quarters or halves or timeouts or something they're like when they start saying like i wasn't doing this you know i wasn't bringing my back foot and my right pinky was too far high you know that that's like a good sign that they're just kind of overthinking it too much and you know what i'll do is tell them a joke and try to make them relax and have them not think so much so if they start coming over to you and um basically detailing every shot Oh, in that third one in the second quarter, I should have brought my, you know, that's just too much thinking. Mm-hmm. So that's a good sign.
0: Good. Good. Awesome. Uh, we touched a little bit on the mental game, but obviously it's you know super important for goalies to be mentally, mentally strong, mentally tough. What, what were some things that you did or I guess continue to do to, to remain mentally tough?
1: I don't know, man. You know, it's just the kind of the way I was brought up. Um, I just have supreme confidence in my abilities, you know, to, to do almost anything. And I, I don't know where that came from. I, I think uh, a lot of it came from my family and sports and kind of growing up a certain way. And uh, I went to a summer camp in New Hampshire, this place called Tecumseh, which was just an unbelievable uh, sports camp to where you just – you played against a bunch of kids that just love sports and every different sports, And, you know, you're constantly competing and I don't know. I just, I just have like full belief in myself. and I, I always had so I, you know, I'm, you might be talking to the wrong guy um, about that because I, I get it. There's, there's a lot of kids that don't have the confidence in themselves. And, you know, they're trying to fake the confidence and, and the mental game and, and it's tough. Um, you know, but you know, the bottom line is, is you got to go to work, right? You got to keep work. What makes me, I think so confident is that I've, I've done the work, right? I've practiced enough. I've thrown the ball against the wall, you know, four million times. You know, I've played in all these games. Like, I've done the work. So, like, to me, playing the game was always the easy part. You know, like, I would just step on the field and just transform into this different, almost different dude. And, um, you know, that was fun. And, And a lot of the kids, they haven't put enough work in to feel confident, to kind of earn the mental toughness. Does that make sense at all? Yeah,
0: I think that's what it is. I think that, you know, confidence to me is, one, you have to go through it. You have to experience it. And, two, you have to, like you said, put in the work. I I think I've repeated that exact comment on this podcast before. And, um, you know, confidence comes out of that. So that makes total sense.
1: And, and again, like I try to just keep everything as simple as possible. Like I'm not trying not to be a comp like, you know, there's a lot of, we do a lot of complicated movements, but at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want to try to compete things. It's, it's me versus that guy at that moment, you know, roughly 15 to 30 times the game, you know, and, and what am I doing during those times to kind of, that's, I competed every shot. I, every shot to me was a, was a competition and I tried to win 60% of those. Yeah.
0: Um I saw a video uh I think it was on your the Net Nation Instagram and you were talking up to a group of kids about, you know, being good people uh apart from being good goalies. And I think that's an important thing teaching point and something I haven't I haven't ever covered on this podcast, but do you want to kind of talk about what that means to you and and why you, why you kind of preach that.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know, we're we're at the end of the day you know, we had 92 boys goalies and 18 girls goalies at our last camp. That's, that's 105 um, goalies. Plus you have, you know, 35. So you're, you're influencing 150 people are listening to what you're saying. So what I try to do and the way I live my life is just try to be a good person. You know, It's the way I was taught. It's the way I was raised by my parents. And it's the little things, you know, it's like opening doors for people saying, thank you, having manners. Um, you know, all that, you know, is more important if we have 150 people that are now doing that and then they can kind of go out and, and they can start preaching that. And it's really what, it's not only what we say, but it's what we do. You know, like we're at the lunchroom, I'm cleaning up my plates, you know, like I see somebody else fall, I reach out and I, I help them up. You know, like if there's somebody, um, a pregnant woman walking into the grocery store, I'm opening the door for her, you know, like those are just simple things and it's and it has nothing to do with lacrosse it's just more about society and being a good person and i don't know how many times do we see it every day there's a lot of jerks out there you know there's a lot of people that are they could care less all they care about is themselves so I, I, i try to preach it's you know being a good person i i firmly believe that it's karma and if you're a good person then good things will happen to you
0: absolutely absolutely well said Uh, Doc, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, If there's one last question, if there's a 12-year-old kid out there listening to this, what would be kind of your your final piece of advice to that kid? Uh, Yeah,
1: my advice is to put in the work. Put in the work and and have fun with what you're doing. And um, You know, like everybody talks about and sees the national championship games and the MLL title games, but they don't see the thousands, literally thousands of hours of sweat and um repetition and habits that i'm creating when no one is watching so yeah like you're gonna go play in your club team cool so is four million other people you know you're gonna go hit the wall for 20 minutes cool so is everybody else like what what more are you gonna go do and and it's cool if if you don't want to be great that's cool too you know but if you want to be great you got to put the work in awesome
0: Um, yeah great advice well said where can people find out more about what you got going on with with, with Net Nation and the camps
1: yeah so everything's up we have a Net Nation com website Um, we're up on social media on Twitter and on Instagram Um, and um, we try to run at least four four camps we have a big winter camp coming up Um, we actually have a fall camp a winter camp and then a summer camp and then we're actually starting to talk about coming, going on tour and starting to take the flow system and, and try to go outside of our, our roots here, maybe go to some different cities. So um, www.netnationlacrosse.com. You can find out everything you need to know.
0: Perfect. I'll link up to that when this show comes out. Uh, once again, Doc, thank you so much for the time. That was great.
1: No problem, bud. Thank you.
0: All right. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brian, Doc Daugherty. He's one of the good dudes in the game and one of the best goalies of all time. Love his energy. Love his approach to the game. I hope you learned something from that episode, from that chat. I think I'm going to be doing a lot more Doc Drill. And if you don't know that one, you can check it out on my site, laxgoalierat.com. That's it for this week. Get out there. Get some work in. Do the Doc Drill. Be well. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.